You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasa, your host, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, and everyone here at Radio Maria Canada, thank you for joining us. We would love for you to keep up to date and informed about our show by following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We are at the Health Hub RMC on those locations. And do feel free to email us at thh at radiomaria.ca if you'd like to have a chat with us about shows, anything that uh, requires a little bit more space than social media. And please subscribe to our podcast. We are the Health Hub on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all of your favorite podcast platforms. And you can also find our podcast on the Radio Maria Canada website, which is radiomaria.ca, and on my website, which is kathybsa.com. We have a great show today uh, for you. It's with Teresa Muir. She is author, coach, consultant, and speaker, and she has published The Art of Assisting Aging Parents, Discover the Journey to Honor Your Parents, Create Treasured Memories, and Live Life to the Fullest. And this is based on a 36-year 36-year career as a physical therapist and experience herself caring for her parents. During her multidisciplinary group efforts in skilled rehabilitation, she developed a framework for building the body, brain, and spirit to achieve superior mobility and personal life. Scientific research supports the therapeutic benefits of face-to-face group interactions and experiences used in her group therapy sessions. Teresa believes that people worldwide can use her Xperia age training as they face the challenge of keeping their parents healthy and aging in place while continuing to manage their own personal life and commitments. Like herself, Teresa knows that many people spend most of their lives in jobs that stifle their creativity. She works with successful professionals who want to bring their creative talents to the world by starting a fulfilling energizing, and innovative business. She uses her unique experience training to help people of all ages find their strengths and life vision, set goals, target concrete activities to achieve the goals while taking part in group interaction and enjoying life. During this training, she teaches others to create exceptional experiences leading to optimal health and complete expression of creativity. Teresa also teaches physical, occupational, and speech therapists to create impactful group therapy treatments that improve patient outcomes. A wonderful woman. She's doing great work, and we have a lot to talk about in this show, so many topics to cover. Some of the things that we will broach are tips to help kids and their parents navigate the aging process. Is it the responsibility of parents to take care of themselves to ease the burden on their children during this process? 
And can we take the ageism language out of the child-parent interaction? Lots of interesting topics here. We will be back in just a few minutes to talk with Teresa Murr. I didn't know what it hurt like to be broken Then how would I know what it feels like to be whole If I didn't know what it cuts like to be rejected Then I wouldn't know the joy of coming home Maybe it's okay If I'm not okay Cause the one who holds the world Is holding on to me Maybe it's alright If I'm not to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. 
Welcome back, everybody. Uh, as mentioned, our show is being recorded, so no opportunity for calling in. Please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC if you wanted to email us. Teresa, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Kathy. It's great to be here. It's such an interesting topic that we're going to dive into, one that uh, is so relevant to so many people. But before we get into your expertise, maybe give us some background about how you got to where you are right now. Okay. Yes, I I would love to tell you that um, this all kind of started um, with a career choice in physical therapy. And how I got there was um, when I was a, a young girl, I I felt a lot of compassion for people. And I was always thinking, you know, how could they make this situation better? Or how can I help them? And I paired that with my love of science in in high school. And one day I was just flipping through a book and I saw this physical therapist helping a child walk. And it really pulled on my heartstrings. And I just thought, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to help people, you know, physically and uh, mentally get better so they can live their fullest life. So um, I chose a career of physical therapy, and um, I practiced as a clinician for 36 years. Um, In fact, I'm still practicing a little bit. But um, at about that 34-year mark, I knew I was going to pivot into something else. Because for for one thing, physical therapy is a little hard on your body because uh, we do a lot of lifting and a lot of manual therapy. And a lot of it's done, you know, with your hands and my wrists are starting to ache. And I, I just thought, you know, I need to pivot out of this and do something else. So at that time, I was helping my mother. Um, she's actually was actually in a different state, but I was helping my sisters take care of my mother. And people kept coming up to me and my sisters and asking, you know, what can I do with my aging parents? And I knew that I had a solution that I wanted to get out there. And um, I had developed this uh, framework that I put around our, our, my, like my group therapy experiences that I had with my patients. So um, I put that into a book called The Art of Assisting Aging Parents. And in there, I have my framework and, and how I teach people to live optimal lives um, with their health and their business and, um, well, not actually with their business, but I do that on a, on a different note, but with their, their health of themselves as caregivers and also the health of their aging parents. And um, I, I, would, I just like to see people personal, personally develop to be the best they can be, both in, you know, mental and physical shape, you know, which actually that when, when you do that, too, it really, up, you know, ups your spiritual life, too. So um, that's what I'm doing now is I have pivoted into that type of a career where I am an author, coach, speaker, and consultant. And um, I also, for my own brain, which I can talk about later, but um, I picked up being an artist again. I, I had that very much interest in high school, but I knew that um, art was not going to be my path at that time. And even though I spent 36 years in a career where I couldn't really express my creativity, um, I knew that I know like to this day that I, I, I wouldn't have wanted to miss out on it, you know, as, as a healing profession. So I'm glad I took that road, but now it's time to take another path. And um, I actually have 34 paintings that I'm putting online. I do oil paintings and acrylic paintings and, um, I try to help people 
you know, use their imagination because I am all about the health of the body and the brain and the spirit. So one way to make your brain more creative and flexible is to use the arts. So I now now have combined that into my um, program and my coaching. And so that's where where I'm at today, Kathy. That's such an interesting path. Do we all have an inner artist? Oh, yes. Yes. You know, you, you may be able to write music or you might be able to paint a picture or do some type of crafts. But yes, we do. And yeah. Well, the the people that came, you know, the, the first part of what you talked to us about, it was the caregivers looking for guidance to help their parents or was it the or was it um Sort of a combination of both where you saw a need as people aged that they were missing something. Yes, and it really was a combination of both. And, um, you know, people actually kept asking me, you know, is this book for the caregivers or is it for the aging parents? And I, I you know, I came, came kind of to this conclusion that I really couldn't separate it because um, proactive aging starts you know, really, I mean, you could say it starts in your middle age, but really proactive aging starts the minute you're born, you know, uh, we all want to age well, we all want to build up our brains and bodies and spirits to, to, at a, to a very high level, so that we can continue that aging process, you know, into our 70s and 80s and 90s, and maybe even beyond, but, you know, continue into that process very well. So that we can can enjoy life, you know, be productive. And, you know, really, I really feel like we all have a purpose in life. And, and why let go of that purpose when we're, you know, 50, 60, 70 years old? Why let it go? I mean, that's what gets us up in the morning. Get, you know, when we put our feet on the floor, stand up, we're, you know, we have a purpose. We're ready to, you know, greet the day, get going. And um, so I, I don't want anybody to lose that purpose. So therefore, you know, starting this proactive aging process, which is what I have in my book, should start in your middle ages. Well, I mean, let's face it, any of us who have had children, as soon as our children um, are walking, talking human beings, and that that really critical point where um, they make us start to wonder how we ever raise them, you know, mm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, there was a point when I said, you know, just because you're getting older doesn't mean I'm getting stupider, right? You mm-hmm. know, when they have their own opinion. So at what point, you know, we, then, uh, you know, in, in their eyes, we're aging parents, right? As soon as we have kids, literally, we are aging parents. So at what point in time, um, do you suggest that the child and the parent start working together. I mean, you know, as, as we, as we change, our brains change a hundred percent as we age and that quick start memory, that short-term memory maybe gets replaced by more long-term remembrances. So at what point do you think it's good for, for parents and kids to start to intertwine and maybe we start to educate our kids at, of some of the processes that are going on and that necessarily this isn't a bad thing in aging, it's a transition. I think we have this this definition of aging as, you know, a complete deterioration and, and just coming of the end. And I'm, I'm not sure that that's the healthy way of looking at it. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, aging is a is a it's a process. It's a journey. You know, um, and actually in life, if you look at life as a journey, you, you know, you don't want an end mm-hmm. because, yeah, when you have that end, then you stop growing, you stop doing, you know, you stop being if you have an end. So it is a journey. Um, I do ask people to try to get involved with their parents uh, when their parents are, say, like in their 60s, um, you know, and maybe the, the children are in their, you know, 30s, uh, uh, 30s to 40s. And, and, you know, just check in with your parents and, you know, and I have this all unpacked in my book, but, you know, um, ask your parents, are you sleeping well? Um, How's your diet? Are you getting enough exercise for your body? Are you starting some new activities that will exercise your brain? Um, Have you joined any groups that you're involved with, you know, um, in the community or at your church or maybe um, at a junior college or something like that? Um, you know, check in with your parents and there's several things you want to check in on uh, to make sure they're, they're doing what I call non-negotiable health strategies. And these um, health strategies are critical for our health. And sometimes we just ignore them because, you know, you know, we're busy, we're busy people, we're busy, you know, mothers, fathers, uh, you know, children, we have jobs, we're, we're raising children, we're helping aging parents. You know, we're, we're busy and we might not remember that we should be breathing correctly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we might not remember that, you know, our sleep is critical for our, our health of, of our body and our brain. And, um, or, you know, just doing a mindful activity every day will grow your brain, your, the hippocampus in your brain that's responsible for memory and learning. So um, if, if, we're, if we're not doing these things, you know, during our 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, we can't expect to age well, you know, through our 70s, 80s, and 90s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, these things need to be put into place. And so I ask caregivers, you know, um, to start really getting in touch with their parents, you know, when they're in their 60s, and make sure that they're on the right track so they can, you know, age well because, um, really what it does to the children is that, you know, you're, then you're reacting to your parents' uh, poor physical health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of being proactive, you're being reactive. And then it takes more, you know, more time and more money and more resources. And um, I just think there's a better way to do it. Well, you know, I think as parents, um, and I think as not even just as parents, as aging adults, and we're all aging, right? We're always aging. Um, taking on the responsibility for the later years in life, as you said, starts earlier. But if we're looking as the parents, so if I'm looking at my life with my children, I kind of want to not have them with that responsibility. So for me, what you're doing and educating people, not only just to age, but as as children, how to help parents age, Um I think we, you know, do you feel that it's the parent's responsibility to do this as a parent, you know, work on their better health so that they can take the onus off of their kids, not just for their better life, but, you know, for the for the holistic approach to the family. I think it's a great idea that you have of teaching people, you know, early on how to age and take the onus off a bit. You know, we've talked about um, in other uh, situations, the sandwich generation. I'm not sure if that's what 
we're calling it now or if it's if that's just an old word. But um, where do you feel that the responsibility does lie sometimes on the parent to take a hold so that they can protect their children? Yes, I, I, I certainly do. And um, I think the earlier they take that on, the better, you know, because actually, if you help yourself in your middle age, then um, you, you build, you have that, um, neuro, neuro, well, you have the neuroplasticity, so you can always change your brain. But um, now this word, the word is escaping me. Oh, yes, uh, cognitive reserve. You know, the more you build your brain in your middle age, the more you'll, a reserve you'll have later on. And I've even noticed with myself, I was a busy, you know, I was working uh, pretty much full-time physical therapy, raising three children. We had a home, you know, busy, busy kids. And really, my brain kind of went on autopilot. Mm -hmm. And, and then, yeah, and I teach there is no autopilot. You know, you, you have to, if you're not doing something for yourself, you're, you will decline because you just don't stay the same. So I put a couple things into my life. And right now, I'm very happy I've done that because I can tell my brain is sharper, sharper. Um, my, my body's sharper, I'm feeling better, you know, so this all, you know, starts in your middle age. But yes, the parents really have to take the responsibility to uh, put these things in their lives. And it's not like it's a secret anymore. Because right. it's, uh, yes, yeah, on the internet, it's, a, you know, in every magazine, in every um, newspaper you open, there are health articles, you know, and all, all the stuff you get through the internet. I get tons of stuff every week, you know, join, join this summit, you know, Alzheimer's summit or brain summit or, you know, so it, it's out there. It's not a secret. And it just takes that discipline of putting, putting these steps forward every day. And that's kind of what I teach in my four-step program is how to get this in place, you know, for you as a caregiver and for your aging parent, so that um, these things can be done every day, incorporated into life very simply, and you, you will age better. It really is attention to detail, isn't it? And we can get lost with raising our children. I mean, there's a time and a place for everything. And I think, you know, what you're doing and teaching people, you know, as we transition, uh, yeah, we're aging, that's fine and dandy. But as we transition and as life changes, we've got to pivot as well. And I think maybe where we're missing the mark sometimes is in that pivot. Um, you know, when the kids are older and they're able to do their own thing, we have to pivot. And that can be, especially for moms, right? That can be a big, big pivot. Did you um, or are you dealing with um, aging parents yourself? Um, not, in, not anymore. Yeah, both of my parents have passed away. And I was able to help them a little bit at the end, but I, I also have four sisters. So we all helped, you know, and they probably helped a little bit more than I did, even though I went to that other state to help my mother. Um, I took on two physical therapy jobs because I'm kind of a over, you know, I like to, I like to be productive. I'll put it that way. And she ended up having to go into assisted living anyway, mm -hmm. because she needed 24 hour care, which I couldn't provide, you know? So, um, but I was able to be there. I had the, you know, uh, caring for parents. And now, now my children are out of the home. Um, you know, we're empty nesters. 
And I'm still, I still love to be productive. If I have a day where I'm not producing, I don't feel right, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's where I've had to bring in this mindfulness to myself and for my own brain. And that's kind of why I took up the oil painting and, and because um, I knew I needed to unplug from the world, which is, is what I do when I paint, I, I turn off all the you know, social media, I'll put on some classical music, and I'll just sit there for hours and paint. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm not thinking about anything. I'm not thinking about, you know, the problems of the world or the problems of, you know, this or that, or, you know, I, I'm just able to really focus on what I'm doing. And it's a very mindful activity. And I feel very relaxed after I do that, you know, so that's critical for my health. It is. And we, I, I think there's something for all of us out there. Do you believe that? You've got your painting. Yes, definitely. Um, And there are are research studies that show that if you participate in fine arts or if you participate in any arts, even arts and crafts, and you don't even have to like art, but it actually, um, you know, it it actually is good for your body. You know, it decreases your anxiety. It gives you feelings of, you know, competence and um, people that are grieving, like the loss of a spouse, it helps them get through that. And um, they, they just, you know, they feel uh, more empowered when they have this activity. So it's not that you necessarily have to like or love these activities. It's just actually just going and participating. And even the groups, you know, I, I have a course where I unpack the scientific research of, of being face-to-face with people and how that affects your body and your brain. And um, it, it's incredible, you know. So when, you know, because we haven't been able to be in a lot of groups due to the, the COVID and pandemic, um, we've lost some of that. And, mm-hmm. and it, yeah, it's also so it's proven that social isolation increases your risk of uh, chronic diseases or it can, it can further along chronic illness. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just really important that, you know, when you see, and even when you see these articles in, in the newspaper or magazines or wherever you see them, uh, take note and start to make some changes in your life. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, there's a rich therapy, a rich, rich science in, in art therapy. And, uh, and, you know, even in my work with uh, working with cancer patients, when I was going through my cancer coaching program, art therapy was one of those things that um, can, was suggested as a, a vehicle for relieving stress. So a really rich history when it comes to um, art therapy. We're going to take a quick break here, everybody. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes to continue our conversation with Teresa. Comforter, 
my all and all here in the love of Christ I stand voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back to the Health Hub, everybody. We're talking to Teresa Murr, and we're going to continue along this line of questioning. Um, people who listen to the show know that I'm a big proponent of those who are fighting back ageism. And I think when we're talking about children working with their parents, uh, being there as the process of aging happens. I mean, that's really what we're talking about, right? Like being involved as a child. And this is a transition for kids, I imagine, too. You know, the parents have been the caregivers um, for the children's lives, for a lot of the children's lives. And now the children have to really 
think about the process for their parents. But Teresa, how do you pull back on this? Um, my parents are starting to act like children ageism sort of idea and, and tell and work with children and young adults who are adults are in their 30s or 40s and work with them to try and speak maybe appropriately. Is that the right word? to introduce some of their concerns on an adult-to-adult level? Okay, yes. Um, what I tell people, um, one thing you can do um, to, to begin with is to get together with your siblings, you know, and, and all come together and talk about, you know, what resources you have or what time you have or, or what expertise you have to put into the caregiving. And then you can all kind of uh, decide from there, uh, you know, how you want to approach your parents with the caregiving aspects. Um, and just for one example, I mean, if, if somebody has the, the health background, you, you'll want them to maybe, you know, be taking that, you know, your parent to the doctor because they'll understand the language, you know, and things like that. Um, or if somebody has the finances to provide maybe a gym membership for your parents, you know, that would be a lovely thing to do. And um, I tell people also that, you know, some, I mean, who wants to be told about their diet? I know I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a little sensitive. Like, oh, Tracy, you're eating the wrong food today. Yes, yes, I know that. I, I know today I'm breaking the rules, you know, whatever. But if you continue to come, it's almost like you're in combat with your parents, you know, mom or dad, you have to do this, you know. And they may say, you know, you might say, you know, meditation is, you might say meditation is good for you. Or, um, you know, this is, um, you know, uh, you know, you need to, you know, you need to do the deep breathing or something like that. And your parents might say, you know, I never did this during my lifetime. Why do I have to do it now? Or, you know, and, and if you come across some of those situations or, you know, say if they won't change their diet, there's not much you can do. But what I suggest is maybe just, you know, giving them some information, maybe some written information about a good diet. And I recommend the Mediterranean diet and, um, you know, maybe placing some information um, into their, into their hands or in, into some part of their environment where they can start learning about it. So it's almost like a coming from a third party and not necessarily coming from you. If you have a parent that is going, you know, you're going to get some resistance from um, I suggest you with the meditation, just set up someplace in their home where they can, you know, maybe recline, they can dim the lights, put on some classical music, and just relax. And a lot of times just that relaxation will bring on that deep breathing that that is so needed for your body and brain. So there are ways to do that. Um, Maybe even going through their pantry with them, or, you know, the refrigerator or pantry, and, and maybe coming to the conclusion that, you know, mom and dad, these foods are not good for you. They're actually um, bad for your health. Can we get rid of them together? And maybe, you know, taking that time and maybe, you know, getting rid of the bad food, bringing in some, uh, some good food. Maybe you can do the grocery shopping for them and bring in, you know, the, the fruits and the vegetables and things that, that will improve their health. Um, so there's just little things like that or, you know, uh, possibly getting them a gym membership or getting them involved in a group or um, setting it and setting a goal. You know, um, you know, mom and dad, we want you to go on this family vacation with us. But in order to go on this family vacation, you're going to need a little bit more endurance to, 
you know, say take a walk on the beach or to, um, you know, we're going to take these short hikes, you know, we want you to go with us. And so then you start setting these goals. And I, I show this in my book, how to set the goals and to put these concrete activities in place so that they can meet the goals. So, so when, well, sorry, let me interject here. We're talking, you know, my kids are, um, the youngest is 22, right? So I would be, I guess, in their eyes, an aging parent. Um, now, I don't need them to come in and tell me what to eat and stuff like that. But I can honestly see where, as a parent, I would need to open up to my kids that they are no longer children with children's thoughts, but they are active, um, intelligent people who are learning more things than maybe what I have learned as I was growing up. Um, And do you think that it's important in this situation versus where you're seeing your parents' health decline? So there are like two different approaches. So you're seeing your parents' health decline and you need to interject because you're getting concerned. Is there also an avenue, do you think, where at the age of 25 or 30, parents and children start talking realistically about things and engaging in health conversations? Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I think there is. And I feel like I, I learn things from my children. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm open to it. You know, uh, when they and I when think they that's tell- a new attitude for parents. I yeah, do. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Because yeah, it was always the parent telling the child. Yeah. You know, this is what we do. This is how we live. This is how you know, and um, my my new little quote is, you know, we raise our children and then they raise us because I see so many people getting affected by their children, you know, and, and you know, having good relationships with their children. You know, I happen to um, think my children are very good thinkers. So I do listen to them and I do keep a very open mind, you know, and I don't want to shut down a relationship. You know, that would be the last thing I would want to do is shut a re- down a relationship with my children, you know. So I am open to, and but and I, I also put in my two cents you know, yeah. about this, that, and the other. But yeah, I think our kids have had more exposure even to these good diets, you know, that we weren't really raised with, mm-hmm. you know. And because our food is changing so much, we don't, we don't want to eat some of the food that we used to be, be able to eat. And kind of, you know, kind of survive. So I think, yes, our children do know about that, you know. And, and I think that's a great thing to think about even as us in our middle age, you know, trying to keep that open mind. Yeah. As we I, age. I, I, I find that, you know, my, my daughter is in, uh, she's recently engaged. And um, the way that they are approaching and arranging their wedding versus the way I had my wedding, my wedding was sort of organized for me. Just that difference is something. And I've had to think and literally train step back. You know, and I think mm-hmm. in so many approaches, we need to do that because I think our kids can be um, so important as we move forward into um, our, our aging years towards our health. And I think that relationship is, is very important. How important is science to you behind all of your suggestions? Yeah, it's very important. Um, I, I kind of developed my framework about 15 years ago, 
and it was based on uh, like what we did in uh, this nursing home was multidisciplinary group therapy. So there'd be like physical therapists, uh, occupational speech therapists working together. And we, it, it was a wonderful, wonderful pro- program. But um, so what I didn't have back then was the research. There, you know, there was not a lot of research on group therapy. And there wasn't even a lot of research on some of the um, things that we're doing that are actually commonplace today. You know, and, you know, like the mindful and meditation. Gosh, you hear about, you know, you hear about that all the time, you know. So, um, this, but there's a lot of research that goes behind it. So, that, that just gives me more credibility when I'm talking to people to say, this really is non-negotiable. You really need to do this for your body and brain. So, um, I know um, I'm relying on the science to help me, um, you know, move forward with people. And we are in the Western world and people do rely on science. Uh, we're still in that, that place where we're not as intuitive about our health, I don't think. So I think the science is, is really important. If you were to speak to a family and you've got the children and you've got the parents and you're sitting in a room and you want to help everybody move forward in a healthy space, parents are not, their health isn't declining too badly, but you can see where some help needs to be interjected. What are your tips as you're sitting around this table um, for the parents and for the, uh, the children? Yes, I I would say, um, you know, try to try to do your best at proactive aging because then you'll be able to make those memories, create treasured memories and, and, you know, for the rest of your days, And I do see a lot of people, you know, when their parents get older, and I'm talking, you know, 70s, 80s, and and it's it's hard, you know, you start getting the challenges of aging, but then it just becomes a battle, you know, and and if you're you're battling your parent all the time and battling your siblings, because believe me, when everybody comes back to care for mom and dad, they all see things through their own, you know, unique set of eyes. And as much as, you know, as close as you grew up together as a family, um, you'll find out that you have many, many differences when you start to take care of your aging parents. Mm-hmm. So um, my, my uh, thought would be, you know, come together, be open-minded, be proactive with your aging, um, set up great experiences. And my, my, uh, my method is actually called Experiage. Because experiences at every age grow your body, brain, and spirit. And that's how we become more of a, of a person is by developing ourselves through experiences. So go and have some experiences together as a family and make those memories. Because truly, you know, my parents are gone. But truly, the minute your parents are gone, you start living on the memories Mm-hmm. So I, I'm happy I, I took the time to make those memories with my, my parents. Um, again, you know, when they aged, you know, you want to, you know, really, we want, we want to take care of our parents, you know, to some extent. We may not have all the time that we want to, you know, take to, to do that. But what I'm saying is that um, I, I care deeply for my parents and I felt the love, you know, that for them that you know, they had for me and that even going back to my childhood, you know, my parents were the same people that, that raised me, 
you know, and I saw the pillars of strength in them and faith and courage and persistence, you know, through the very end. And that, that was a beautiful gift they gave me. So I, I have that to take forward with me into my lifetime. And I'm glad I spent that time. So I would tell families, you know, get together, make it a peaceful, because it's not always going to be peaceful. So do the best you can to make the, make the peace, get along, see what you all can do for the family and get those experiences, you know, bring the groups into the home. If they can't get out to groups, bring some of those groups into the home um, I teach people that, you know, standing up and rolling out a, a pizza dough, standing up at a counter, rolling out a pizza dough has like nine health benefits, you know? So, I mean, I mean, it's simple, you know, it's simple. It's just that you just have to put these things into action. And um, yeah, fine. You know, finally, I think I had one more point to go along with that. Um, and then, you know, at the end, you have to accept what's happening. You know, you have to accept that your parent is aging. They may not be able to meet the goals that they have or that you have for them. And um, just kind of enjoy that time together. And, you know, and um, yeah, I know like my mom, she loved to play Scrabble. So we would do that at her assisted living. I would get together with her and I enjoyed it too. You know, it was something that I enjoyed. So we'd get a group together um, every week and we'd play Scrabble together. <laughs> she, 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 was, she liked to win. <laughs> she, she'd be walking down the hall saying, I, I won that game, didn't I? And I'm like, yeah, mom, you won. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, she just, you know, she, she needed that, you know, and, and she, she needed that shoulder to lean on. And I was glad I was there for her, you know. You know, I think it's so important. Obviously, you were raised by wonderful, loving parents. And I think to keep that center as children and to honor what our parents have done, if we can, can if we can keep that as the focal point and not having, you know, when you're you're talking about parents that are elderly and maybe need a lot more help, not looking at that as a burden, but as um, honoring them. I think that our outlook can change. I think the science that you talk about is is profound in allowing us to communicate with our parents. You know, years ago, we thought the brain didn't develop and it got to a point and deteriorated and that was the end of it. You made your connections at a young age and then it was downhill. And we now know that that's not true. And so to have the science and be able to speak to our parents about, you know, we need to adjust. You're not just going downhill, but we need to shift a little bit. And here's why. I, I think being able to do that is great. I think what you're doing, um, it is all in all honoring our parents. And it can be difficult and it can be a financial stress. But I think with what you're doing and putting things into a proper perspective and light um, will help with all the transitions that it's a circle of life. And we know that, um, you know, none of us are going to escape alive. And the way we honor our parents is a reflection of maybe what our children are going to be doing to us. So thank you for being on the show. If people want to get in touch with you, where can they find all of your wonderful information? Okay. Yeah. At, um, I, on my website, it's uh, TeresaMurr.com. And you can um, find my book there. Um, it's actually available through Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And also, um, 
I, I do have my email on my website and you can sign up for a free 20 minute um, strategy call. So if you're having a, a difficult issue with your parents and, and don't know how to address something or, or just maybe need some other um, type of uh, strategies or problem solving, um, I would be happy to do that with you. Wonderful. Thank you. I can tell that you were raised by beautiful people. Uh, you're a wonderful person to do this for everybody. Uh, Teresa, thank you for joining us. Everybody, Teresa Murr, um, I'm sure you have loved listening to her. We'll talk to you next week on The Health Hub. Listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.